So I think I finally, you're going to be proud of me. I finally said something vaguely inappropriate to my kids last night. <laughs> okay. And you're going to think it's pretty soft. It's not David Zeller style, but sure, it's, sure, it's me yeah. inching toward that. Yeah. We had um, chicken and broccoli last night. And the kids are like. Chicken and fuckly? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> why would I say that? Hey, kids, you're going to get a love of this. No, I said, I said, or they said, I don't want to eat chicken and broccoli. I want to eat fruit by the foot. And I said, I'm going to put my foot in your fruits if you don't eat that chicken and broccoli. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good, right? It's moving in the right direction. It's just an inch in yeah, there. Moving yeah, moving in the right direction. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Man, we are back. Both of the Daves both, that you know. Both of the Daves, yes. Both of them. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome the back. The raging to, it of the fan base. Yeah, per Alex Schieferdeck, if you haven't read that piece about uh, about the stadium opening, it was, it was great. We I thought, were mentioned. I thought, yeah, we were mentioned. It's I thought, so weird to be mentioned as a part of the like ecosystem. Yeah. You know? like, but I thought that was like it was like the greatest possible description of the podcast oh, yeah. in like ten words. Like, yeah, they embody the raging it of the fan base. <laughs> So I suppose um, how's, we, how's, yeah, we got a lot to look at or lots to look to now. So okay, yeah, no shit. Well, how's how's your raging it been? Oh, it's been raging. Raging, it's been, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I just I'm still feel like I'm still kind of high and drunk from the Saturday opener. Um, I know we saw each other. We we got to hug at uh, Blackheart after the game. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of shit going on. I had a lot of shit going on. It was. Uh, you don't really get to decompress. No. Yeah. So like, it just f- feels like now, watched a couple of Champions League matches uh, at Blackheart uh, this week, and now I'm just like, okay, I guess that's 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 the past now. That's a, a thing in the past. Yeah. It's so weird, you know, coming back to work and uh, having to do. I had him to run a meeting, you know, mm-hmm. when with everything that happened, and it's just uh, in a, an emotional roller coaster the whole weekend, and huge just projects in my life, and then I come back and I gotta be, you know, I gotta make a feckin' spreadsheet. Yeah, you know, my my, my I, I could my voice was hoarse on on Monday. Oh, I was, I was talking to people. Yeah. I was just like, they're like, what, are you? Do you have a cold or something? I was like, oh no, I just like yelled for yeah. like almost a hundred minutes. Uh, so no, that's pe- what I did. People, people don't understand. They're like, oh, you yell. You're like, you kind of just go, woo. No, you don't understand. Yeah. No. We try to fill an entire stadium with sound by exactly. ourselves. And we did. That was, I mean, that was the other thing. We'll talk a little bit more about the, the actual stadium experience uh, in a little bit on the podcast. But uh, I just want to I just want to shout out to all, all the people who came up to me, uh, and I'm sure you, on Saturday. And just, I've, you know, I've had all, all last week I was having people come up to me and talk to me and just say, hey, I love the podcast. Uh, listen to you guys. They think it's great. That's fucking awesome. If you come up to us anytime, wherever we are, and say hello. Um, if you want to thank us, great. If you want to give us critiques, that's totally fine too. Like we've gotten that. We've gotten that, and that's totally fine. And and just we love hearing Wes. We <laughs> Wes, yeah. Shout out, uh, MN Nice FC on, on the Twitters. Um, 
but yeah, we really just really appreciated. I just really appreciated like catching up with or seeing as many people as possible um, on Saturday. So no better way to honor us. If you want to come up to us, don't come up to us. Instead, why don't you become a patron? Yeah, give us. Instead, yeah, instead of talking to us, give us some fucking money. How about that? <clears throat> um, so if you like the content you hear each week, if you think if you learn a little bit more about our beloved Minnesota United, just soccer in general, if you want to continue to enjoy the high quality of content and audio that we try to bring. On each the quality is high. Quality is high. <laughs> the uh, the delivery, maybe not so the much. The delivery is also <laughs> high. Yeah. Uh, that's also true. Uh, so consider supporting our Patreon. You can go to uh, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Help support the Daves. You know, we encourage uh, you uh, to contribute in uh, and numbers ending in 420 or 69. Those are the, our favorite, uh, favorite Patreon members. And we'll be doing... Um, we got kind of delayed because of your travels and everything and, and the home opener. We're going to be doing Holy Goalie for our, uh, our watch party podcast uh, coming up here. Hopefully in the next couple weeks, we got to get got to get with uh, Luke Craig on that to see when he's able to do it. That'll be installment number four. Yeah, in the installment watch number party four, series. which is uh, awesome. So, yeah, so patreon.com backslash the Daves I know to help support the Daves that you know and all of you know us. So Yeah, man. <coughs> Let's talk about this game, man. Yeah. How do you want to start it? Well, we as we always do, I guess, with the uh, – Best moment of the game, um, and I don't. I are you gonna I, say some shit like the stadium? I don't know. There's there was far <laughs> too many. What, what what about you? What was your best moment of the game? <laughs> it was all part of the yeah. game. Yeah, I don't give a shit about any other thing that happened that yeah. day. <laughs> um, I mean, the, obviously the Aussie goal was fucking brilliant. Oh yeah, that was a, the fact yeah. that we got the first goal in the game. What do you, you know, think about it being Aussie? Do you have any, do you have any feelings positive or negative about it being Aussie and I, not somebody who'd been here longer or? Who, I mean, it, the the. Ideally, it would have been Miguel Ibarra right, or Brent, right, of course. but you know, seeing how the, the team was lined up, uh, it obviously couldn't have been either of those guys. Um, you know, I think Darwin really wanted to have it; like he wanted, it really wanted to, to be him. And you know, we can we'll talk about him a little bit. He had a kind of a kind of a shitty game, the off game, um, yeah. Uh, but I just, the way that I was, I was mostly worried about a first goal of just being, for example. That shitty Sean Johnson old goal. That I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh right, like where it's like it's an own goal. It's the first goal. Like <laughs> and you're where like, Sean Johnson Yay? is on the is on the sheet as the as the first goal scorer. <laughs> um, I think I just the way it was taken. Uh, it was one of the it was one of the goals of the weekend. It was, it was gutsy and yeah, the fact that he stepped Skillful. up because he stepped up. Like if you watch if you rewatch the rewatch the play, the fact that he stepped up um, after that uh, Rodriguez header. Mm-hmm. Like he had to make a commitment. Either he was going to stay back. And if they tried to counter counter attack, yeah. or um, he was going to go in, kind he of went in, moment, and yeah. he fucking he he you know karate chopped that thing or you know karate kicked that thing into the net, and so it all happened so fast. It was just it was amazing. And then I guess the other sort of best moment of the game too was the Metnair Finley uh, uh, passing up up the right side of the of the flank that set up the goal and the Metnair's yeah, uh, yeah. cross. I mean, I mean, other than every other thing in that game outside <laughs> of the actual result of the game, right? Was, the best moment of the game for me. How about you? You know, I, I give it to the Rodriguez goal. I, I, I liked that that was set up. I like to see Rodriguez having success uh, actually with a finishing touch. And it was a good finish. It wasn't an obvious finish. Yep. You know, it took a little bit of finesse, which is something that I think he's lacked, you know. So I was I was happy to see that. We need more of it. That said, uh, yeah, I don't think Rodriguez had a great game overall. But, yeah. you know, he, he contributed in those key moments where we came through. So I was happy to see that. You know, first first half of the game, there were five goals. I didn't see In any 20 minutes. Them. I didn't see any of them. Yeah, no, I know. I figured as much. That's been my fucking experience with Minnesota United. Our, our, the, the snow opener, the home opener, yeah. I was in the fucking airport terminal for that. The week before that, our very first MLS game against Portland, 
was in an airport terminal. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. I yeah, I missed both those games just yeah. at an airport. This one, get nope, nope. I'm just I'm fighting with ESPN. That's <laughs> that's my shit. Got a boom mic operators yelling at me because I'm like breaking their equipment and killing five people. And I'm like, but I don't know what to tell you right now. Each of these shits weighs a thousand pounds. Yeah, I'll get them out of here as I can. I don't know what to. Yeah, do. that's fair. Didn't see any of them. Anyways, wow. That's what fun. Was the, what was the worst <laughs> moment of the game? Oh, well, you know, obviously just because it denied us of Wonderwall, the <clears throat> NYCFC equalizer, and just the just terrible defending um, by almost everybody on the pitch, especially Calvo, who didn't so try so much to, like, block the ball as maybe deflected into his own net. I don't know. It was that, So that was obviously the worst moment because just it just prevented us from singing Wonderwall for the first time in the new stadium. I know, shit. But you know it's gonna happen. And it's yep. gonna it's gonna feel yep. pretty damn good when it happens. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to NYCFC's third goal. Came off a set piece. Almost half of our goals allowed to come off goddamn same set goal. pieces this year. Are we describing the yeah, same goal? The oh, same I'm, goal. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. <laughs> um, I thought I mean, you were talking about this. If you want, you can talk about that goal. I'll, I'll say the other the other time is, is Cobble did not acquit himself well in this game. We're gonna talk no, a little no, bit more about that in a little bit. Um, he had an opportunity uh, with a header later in the game. Cobble is not he's not one to defend well, right? Um, but <laughs> that's, that's such a great understatement for a defender. Like, yeah. He's not one of these guys that's going to go out there and, and defend, defend well. But what he can what he can give this team, especially uh, as, a, as a left back, is, is some offense. Um, and we've seen him score goals, and he had, a, he had a couple opportunities this game where he just completely biffed a header, and that really, you know, that really sucks. So why don't you talk a little bit more about an opportunity specific, for number four there. Yeah. Specifically he, uh, about the goal. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I mean, there's not much to say about that third goal. It was, uh, it came off as a set piece again. It was a laser. It only took a, it only took a little touch to deflect it in on net. And um, there's not much to say about it. We, we, we left it open. It was frustrating, and that was why it was the worst goal. Is yeah. because it's, it's one more example of um, this comes down to coaching. We've put people in positions now. Uh, we've gotten some personnel that should do better in these kind of moments. And they're not. They consistently aren't. It's been a problem for two years. It has to only be coaching. Every other variable has been addressed now. It has to come down to coaching. Yep. And I'm talking about taking set pieces as well as defending. Yeah, especially defending we have them. No, we, we have no sense of style. We have no plan. And I say that generally. You know, Heath would sit down and talk to you 30 minutes about how he coaches them and plans. Whatever it is, whatever the plan is, it's not fucking working. I mean, the, uh, the uh, like, dirty secret in the room is that this team has been shit at defending set pieces for nigh on six years no shit yeah it like, goes before mls yeah it's i mean i remember like when uh you know wes and uh bruce mcguire had their uh uh their podcast and and you know developing the iron skillet method and that was a there's joke a reason, there was a reason it came and about it, and there was but yeah it was a joke but it's also like there's a reason and this team has not has not been good at all since then, at, at either at, at defending or uh, attacking set pieces, it's 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 getting it's borderline it's like criminal. Honestly, it's criminal. Somebody should go to fucking prison. Yeah, somebody Pre- should join the, the goddamn gray bar. Yeah, there should be uh, like a, a chain gang uh, to like yeah. can get their fucking set pieces. They should together. be fucking whipped with a cat of nine tails, blood coursing down their goddamn black and white That's striped pajamas. Gotta, yeah, that, that, right? ca- that Catholic uh, that Catholic upbringing really fucked you up, didn't it? Listen, listen, <laughs> look, listen, look, look, listen. All right. Uh, 
let's move to the most what the fuck moment of the game. I'm just gonna say it, that Sean Johnson all goal. Yeah, like, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, man. I, uh, if if we're not counting the TIFO, yeah, it had to be Sean Johnson. Yeah, I, uh, I've never. I, other than a jock throwing the ball on his own net, I've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the other thing I would I would just sort of proffer as as potential would be. Ikopar's collision in like the seventy eighth minute or whatever it was, like yeah, yeah. Just those, I mean, oh both those God. guys got knocked the fuck out. I felt bad for both. Oh of them. yeah, it was. Opara looked hurt. Yeah. The other guy was it Matarita? No, I can't no, it was, remember. It was, who it was. Uh, Castellano or it was okay. the, I can't the, remember. The, it, yeah. the other guy looked dead. Yeah. He didn't move, no. and I don't mean he went down and he was slow. I don't mean that he twitched a little bit. I mean he was he unconscious. Went there down was like no a, question. Like a sack of potatoes. Oh, it was limp. Yeah. And that scared the shit out of me. That's yeah. uh, the only yeah. thing crazier than that stadium getting real loud is it getting real quiet. Yeah. After after that being really is fucking intense. Loud. And yeah. that's what happened. Like I mean, to, and so credit to all the supporters too. Like everybody realized that that was a that was a terrible collision yep. for both players. Nobody nobody and was heckling. Yeah. And that shit. It's just like let's yeah. let's get out the prayer beads, guys. Yeah. So that was great, um, yeah. but the but the, but the moment obviously cool. has to go to has Sean to. Johnson. You know what? The, the, my, my biggest regret about this game had nothing to do with Tifo or not singing Wonderwall. It's that afterward, nobody gave it the "my heart will go on" treatment. You know, where you take like a you take like a highlight, and then when they finally score, you play you play the crescendo of that song. They should have done that, <laughs> but for the worst moment of his career, <laughs> that would have been an amazing fucking video. Yeah. If you're if you're out there, you're a good video editor. Yeah, send give it to us. this highlight the "My Heart Will Go On" treatment. Yeah. guaranteed ten thousand looks. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, official scorecard for match official. I again. I, I'm good. Yeah, we should just, we should probably just get rid of this because mostly it's it's unless unless it's like there's something particularly something egregious. egregious. Yeah, yeah but I, so. I didn't see that. I mean, they got they got a VAR uh, callback right. Yep. Um, you and know, I, two, I think two right actually, a goal and a uh, and a penalty that were. That's, uh, yep, that's so right. They got two of them right. Yeah, they they got the stuff right. They had to get right. I I thought, and I, again, I tend to to think about refereeing not just as a matter of did you get every single individual moment right because that's an impossible standard to hold yeah. human people to, but it's more like did you manage the game? Did you manage the flow of the game? Did you allow it to get too chippy or did you allow it to get too tight? Yeah, those kinds of things. And I thought it was I thought it was even, and I thought it was uh, well managed, and they got the moments right. I do. I do really wish that they uh, that everybody could get on the same sort of page with VAR in terms of like how how efficiently and quickly it's used. Like yeah. the Bundesliga generally has a pretty good. Actually, Champions League has got it pretty figured they, out. There they was had that this there was a bunch of VAR this and, afternoon yeah. that they they fucking nailed. Yeah. yeah they, that sometimes they just let the VAR referee, the the person who's in the booth, say, "Yep, you know what? He wasn't off sides." He tells the he tells the head referee, and the head referee just gives the goal. So, for yeah. example, um, if you weren't watching the Champions League uh, yesterday, uh, Sadio Mane scored the first Liverpool goal and was originally ruled offside. It was a it was a great fucking run by him, a yep. uh, great fucking pass by Salah. Um, he put it in the back of the net. Referee puts his flag up. They go to VAR. VAR referee just listens yeah. in his ear. VAR referee says, "Nope, he was onside." Referee says, and, he, and he's like definitively onside. Referee says, "Okay, good. You don't you, you don't have to go over to the the screen no, every you gotta, fucking time. You got a fucking earpiece. You got to trust. You got to trust the VAR, the, the the referees who are doing the VAR stuff that they're not going to fuck it up. And took, I think took thirty to sixty seconds, and yep. everybody knew what was going on. Exactly. And Easy. that's so. I mean, it, that's my only sort of my only upset, like pissed offness with VAR is that not like every league is doing it kind of differently. That's a good point. You know, so. Um, so yeah, so I guess yeah. So good job on the on the match. Good job, ref. So. Alan Kelly, referee. Alan Kelly, very good. Good um, job, Alan. All Kelly. right. So the next fair you do for the star of the game. 
are the next Freddy Adu. Other, other than you for fuck you pulling off that fuck, Tifo. Fuck you. No, we'll t- dude. What, do you want to talk about the Tifo between we'll, between the games? Let's talk. Yeah, we'll talk about Tifo after the United news. I have, I want I want to talk about the the game the the, the the experience the experience generally. So I'll give you I'll give yeah. you some time to rant so about f- that. Fuck or whatever, you first but, of all. But I'm gonna say uh, honestly, like you and your entire team and everybody who liked who picked it up deserved it. So we'll talk about that in a we'll little bit. We'll talk about that. Any whom. Yes. It's uh, Metanir. He is the next Freddy Adu. Yes. The once and future Freddy Adu. Yeah. Uh, Metanir was outstanding. We dominated the right side. No small uh, uh, credit goes to Finley as well. Yeah, man. Diet Pepsi or Coke or whatever. Just stick that in the podcast. <laughs> Why not? Um, I, I don't even... Do, the, the listeners at home now know I don't... I usually don't even drink anymore. Yeah. I drank a lot on Saturday, by the way. I did a bunch um. of, you know, the last <laughs> podcast, I actually did a shit ton of editing because, like, Wes took over the podcast and tried to make it a 55-1 podcast with Rodrigo. Uh, I kind of felt that, yeah. I actually edited it, so. I'm yeah, you cut him out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Was, to be fair, Wes told me that they did that, so I was able to, like, you know, normally when I edit the podcast, I just, I just fucking, I just chop the, the and clean chop cuts and put the major it in. Parts, and then, yeah. Yeah. So I actually went through and, like, listened. Well, now you know what I have to do when you've had a little too much of the sauce. <laughs> yeah. I got to start splicing together which is, sentences which and is shit. Why, which is why we don't uh, we don't uh, do so much do of the so sauce much drinking, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, it's got to be Metanier outstanding yes, up the right, and he's good on both sides of the ball. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, Calvo, you can give him benefit of the doubt going forward. Uh, he's pretty good as far as defenders go at going forward. Yeah. But he can't play a lick of defense. Yeah. Um, he he either needs to be a number eight. Or and or probably be a number eight for USL side as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, Metanier is outstanding. Yeah. Do, he, you, uh, do, do you have even a runner up? Well, I'm gonna. I'm just let me talk a little bit about Metanier. And I, I would say Metanier and Finley together, they played so well oh, yeah. together. Um, I'm curious to see when what happens when Miguel comes back. Well, Miguel and Molino come back. Like, like Finley hasn't played himself out of the uh, the starting eleven. Uh, he's he's clearly probably the the third best of those two, but him and Metanier have some sort of cosmic connection. Uh, Metanier was almost 100% responsible for that first goal. Like, the, him, and, him and Finley, the, mm-hmm. the, the passing back and forth. Yep. Uh, Metanier had a... Uh, he's the guy who switched the ball on the second goal, so mm-hmm. he, had, he had a hand in two goals yep. um, if he doesn't get the actual assist for them. Uh, and so he was he was absolutely great. I would also say... <clears throat> the only person I could say, other than say, Finley and Metanier like, sort of playing together, would be Grey Goosh, who actually had a uh, probably his best game yeah. overall as Absolutely. as a Minnesota United player? He completed forty three passes. He had six uh, ball recoveries, two tackles, uh, three interceptions. It's well rounded. Uh, he made he a played, mess of the midfield. You know, he played a, a good job in the midfield. I think this wasn't game, enough to compensate for our defense. Yeah, this game was just going to be so. I think we all kind of thought this game was going to be really frenetic, and it was going to be people, it, players just really amped up. And it, it, you watch the first half. Five goals in twenty minutes is fucking bonkers. Yeah, it, <laughs> like that, I, that very rarely there's happens. There's a lot of things going on that could make the day weird, <laughs> yeah. and so maybe maybe you don't learn any lessons. I mean, from listen, this like game, we were both uh, interviewed for various media things, like <laughs> all week what for fucking, for the shit. What a joke! So yeah, um, yeah. If you didn't catch it, I was in the Pioneer Press on on uh, Thursday, I believe. So if you ever if you have a copy of that Pioneer Press and you bring it to a to a watch party or whatever, I'll sign it for you. <laughs> I was on the front. I was on the fucking front page, man. I know you were. That Can was you? Bonkers. Uh, when we were standing in a beer line five years ago or whatever, would yeah. you fucking imagine all this? No, that's oh, how yeah. we met, guys. We should talk about our origin story sometime. I think we, yeah, it was well, uh, a reminiscing. Podcast yeah, we uh, yeah, yeah we, we met in a beer line. Uh, 
you had your offensive we, we loser. We knew each other shirt. from Twitter. Yes, and I was like, oh, hey, you're that guy. Loser. You're that I'm guy. Texas Eller. Oh, you're that and guy. And then, uh, yeah, and then. Uh, oh, here a, we are. A best friendship. A couple, couple of years later, we're singing <laughs> karaoke. And we should fucking hang out a little bit <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's the next Freddie Adu for uh, the, ne- the next Freddie Adu for worst, shittiest player yeah. of the game? I, Got a future and past. Yeah, it's Francisco Cavalli. We should yeah, just rename yeah, this yeah. word to Francisco Cavalli. Oh. <laughs> but it's so funny to have <laughs> yeah, it be it the Freddie Adu award true, for both. Um, I mean, is there is there any? Do you, can you make the argument for anybody else? Or you you know when you do you like cashews? Mm-hmm. Here's my problem with cashews. Whatever whatever size of container of cashews I have. That's a serving size for me. I will eat all of them. That's right. I love yeah. them. Yes. They're fantastic, yes. and I can't stop them. Now, the problem with that is once you've eaten a whole gallon of cashews, you get some serious cash shits the next morning. <laughs> it's yeah. just, that is Calvo's playing style. It's that sort of loose, gloppy, kind of oily. Uh, Sometimes it's amazing, like when you're eating it, and then it's really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The aftermath is never worth whatever <laughs> yes, joy yes. you got out of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so sorry, Calvo. And yeah. you, you know how Calvo likes the media. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, we, we are the raging id of the fan base, yeah, Calvo. We, we got a couple of questions about Calvo, so let's not let's not dwell too much on him. We'll here. get back to Calvo because we have a we have a, a lot of uh, we have a lot of questions, which is great. Uh, thank you everybody I for giving us questions, and we're and we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about just like the experience on Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's jump into other United news. Let's do that. Uh, so. Uh, we announced an Aston Villa friendly, uh, July seventeenth, uh, in Minnesota. Uh, ticket prices, actually, tickets are going on sale tomorrow or today. Actually, I think when you're listening to this Thursday, um, they were leaked to Reddit that it's twenty seven dollars for a ticket in the Wonderwall. I'm not one hundred percent sure I'm going to go to this game. Number one, it's a Wednesday. It's uh, it's Aston Villa, who may or may not be in the in the Premier League. By it's cool. The I time. don't give a shit what tier they're in. It's cool to have them. Yeah. But it's not my thing. I got to yeah. watch my money and time, and it's not my thing. Yeah. But it's some so. people's thing, and God bless them. Yeah. So, so. Uh, so that'd be cool. I, I think there will probably be a uh, pre party at uh, Blackheart, either the, or assume the day before, or maybe even the day of. There's a lot of, there's weirdly a lot of Aston Villa fans in the U.S. I don't know why. I don't know. I guess maybe. Uh, Pretty colors. Friedel. Did he play for Aston Villa, or was that Brad Guzan? One of them played for Aston Villa. I can't remember who. No, I don't know. Anyways. I fucking forgot. Uh, okay, so yeah, so if you want to go to that, uh, tickets are going to go on sale. Pre-sale starts tomorrow if you are a season ticket holder. Uh, the Parley jerseys, the uh, the trash jerseys, were <laughs> were released. Uh, do you remember the joke I made about these last year? I do not remember. We, so we, we, play, we wore the, uh, if you don't know, the Parley jerseys are made out of basically ocean plastic. Recycle yeah. it. You know, it's an environment yep. thing. Just garbage. Yeah, yeah. Ocean and, garbage. And, and we played that, that away game against Seattle with those jerseys on mm-hmm. last year. That was a special game. And I said, uh, God damn it, ton of ocean garbage out there. And then also, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, also the jerseys. Yeah. Um, also, we are the away team this year again, so we have the Great. so we have the, the the blue ones, which actually look a lot more like the black and blue of old Minnesota United colors. Um, they they were on sale. I'm not sure if they still have them anymore. I uh, they have kind of a teal green They're, shit. It's, well, going it's, a, on. it's like a teal teal blue. It's much more, it, but it's much more like the old like the old uh, Minnesota United uh, that straight blue. Uh, it's closer to it. Closer yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. certainly it's, it's, closer. It's still more more of a teal green. You are you are right. Now we have like an electric blue. Yeah, but so it's just the target logo. It, it, they're I don't know. They're it's what do you great. Think about it? Some it's, people love them. It's great. I I I love that they're doing this with a jersey. But like maybe just do this with 
more of your maybe jerseys? Maybe make that the jersey. Yeah. If you care so much about the environment, maybe yeah, that's like, just maybe your jerseys like, now. Build, like, yeah, do jerseys out of the shit. If, if, even if it's not like the actual players' jerseys, because you need that like, sort of that sort of wicking, breathable fiber. Like, maybe like offer a line of, of you know, uh, replica jerseys that are using this material. That way, you get more of that shit out of the fucking ocean. I don't know. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, basically, make it a more permanent thing, not yeah. just like a one-off. A one-off yeah. thing, yeah. I mean, it's great that they do it, but whatever. Anyway. Um, Academy trials in June. So if you are if you have a kid, and there are people who have kids who listen to this podcast that are actually like Academy uh, uh, age. They're doing Academy trials in June. I just I saw a email about that, so whatever, fuck it. Um, uh, Apara is more than likely out for the uh, for this game coming up on Friday, which yeah, we're going to talk fucked about up in, with that, in a second. Uh, head-to-head thing. Yep. Which, so, uh, Boxall probably going to be available, although he yeah, broke his he nose. Yeah, he broke his nose, yeah. That's but he's going to Shuttleworth it. Yeah, okay. hopefully. And then, uh, so um, so the, the news there is that Juan Olmsberg has been recalled from his loan to Madison for this game. Um he has been playing in most of the Madison's games, but yeah, he was recalled. I don't. He did not play in the game on Tuesday, which we'll talk about <clears throat> a little bit here in the in the Ford Madtown. I think Rodown. Dunlady and Datsun got called back yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, they were there just for a, for a hot second. So, and then uh, <laughs> lastly, uh, Don Garber says Allianz Field is too small in a in a story. I think he wants it I to be six thousand seats bigger. Two things. First of all, I think Don Garber is too small. <laughs> he is. He's a tiny, tiny man. He's taller than I am. Is he? I, th- yeah. I think we're about because me and you are about the same height. I think we're about we're about the same height as Don Garber. No, I fucking talked to him on oh, Saturday. Really? Like he's, t- he's taller than I am. Okay. I promise. Not not by much. He's not tall. But anyways, uh, second of all, I, it, I I waffle on this because I really super don't want this stadium to ever have a <coughs> bunch of empty seats. I really don't. I mean, but I do think if we had five thousand more, we could. I mean, if you look at the attendance last year, and oh stuff, yeah, we could. We're doing, we're doing 25000 pretty much almost every game. That said, it's always easy to spend other people's money who just yeah. spent $250 million fucking dollars of their own money. And that, ex- you know, what does that add to cost? I, I Who knows? $20 million, yeah. I have no idea. At some point, you got to draw a line. Um, Chris, so Chris Wright, uh, in, that artic- in that same article, he said that they have the ability to add about 4,000 more seats, like in the corners. The temporary. Yeah. Kinda, and yeah. But it would cost about Fifty, forty to fifty million dollars. So just like, actually, like to actually so give you like context. Yeah. So that would fuck up. I mean, the it would. It would, be, would be weird. It you would. Know? It, and in you know, it was the concourses. Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but not like not super awesome. Like during halftime, but again, like most people are. That's when people, most people are going to be at in the concourses. So yeah, yeah. Got to figure that shit out. So, yeah. anyways, what do you, I mean? Do you do you think Allianz Field is too small or I? I think I think we won't know for five years. Yeah. Because you know, of course, it's gonna it, we're gonna fill the damn thing this year, and it's gonna feel like, man, why couldn't we have more space for twenty three thousand? And then you know, whatever. in five years, when the when it cools off or something, who's to say that we're still a hot ticket in town? What I if mean, we're what if we're filling it with seventeen thousand? Yeah. Then? Red Bulls are tarping off seats. Yeah, yeah, and, they're, and, and they're, they're, that's a soccer. And there weren't the, <laughs> and there weren't the better fucking teams in the league the last like right, right. seven years. And what and you know what what was theirs twenty two? I yeah, maybe it was, it's more than that. I think, I don't, I don't I think know, it's more than that. Like but so but they were one of the better teams in the last. It, like they've yeah. been one of the best teams in MLS in the last right. like five to six years and, in terms and of like we, points. And we and have stuff. not been no, we and not. we have a very crowded sports market. Anything yeah. could happen, you know. And so I think we don't know the best answer for that for a little while. But right now, it certainly feels swelling when you you know everyone's packed in there, and we could we could accommodate it for a year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, easy to spend other people's money for sure. 
Uh, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit more about the actual like the actual experience of Saturday, yeah. not the not the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, as we alluded to, this is something that you and I have been have been wanting and looking forward to for a long fucking time. I've been looking forward to this, you know, for going on seven years now. Yeah. Uh, you a little bit less, but still, uh, and you've been intimately involved in. Like the actual like designing of the of the stadium for the TFO. So let's start with the TFO. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about so talk a little bit about like sort of that TFO, like what it mean what it meant, uh, and why it's why that TFO was so important. And I, and I think it was probably like one of the best and most important TFOs we've ever done as a as a it was definitely Minnesota the most United important. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so you know, I'll, I could talk about it for a half hour, but so I'll, I'll give you a quick overview of my thoughts about it, and then you can just ask me specific questions because sure. uh, I don't want to talk for an hour. <laughs> I need some parental guidance. Yeah. Um, we usually when we design TIFO, we don't start with like a single idea. We talk about um, concepts, like like what do we want to accomplish? What do we want this one to be funny? Is there something about the town we want to? You know, what's the moment? And with this one, we all were pretty quickly agreed that we wanted to celebrate it as a milestone. We didn't want to pick on the other team. We didn't want to just make it a generic support of our team. We wanted it to be about the culmination of a, a long history. Yeah. That this was only one more link in a chain, a very big one, and but I'll just say a link in a the chain. The TIFO committee is, is comprised of, of people from all supporter groups. All four different supporter groups are a part of that. Yeah, we part of that. We made it. Um, we made it pan supporters group before Wonderwall even existed. It yeah. was kind of the first the first uh, group to work that out. And I think um, not to say that anyone else did anything because we did that, but it was always really important because TIFO is you only get one one TIFO on a, a given day. Yeah. You know can't work at odds with each other and so we felt like and, and and also none of the fans are looking like oh that must be just a dark clouds tifo and not a t and it's all one voice in that moment so we wanted seats at the table from everybody so so we all really quickly agreed on the kind of concept that we wanted i started uh uh designing some some of my ideas back in october and uh eventually you know scott dimmerinville took one of the concepts that i had it was the one that we ended up going with and he developed it into some artwork and um i can show it to you i developed the early prototypes for it in powerpoint at work (laughs) um so it it basically is just a culmination of uh, this long history that dates back to the kicks and um we got photographs of like key players and moments from all those eras you know, I know Scott was reaching out to people like uh, like uh, Brian Corstead and saying, "Hey, you don't have to have a, a picture of whoever, you yeah. know." And so we just dug out these pictures and made the art. Speaking of Brian, it, we should get know? him on the podcast. Oh God, yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, he'd be too serious. So. <laughs> I uh, don't know. I you, maybe he'll. You've had a drink me. with Brian. I, I have. Maybe like, he'll surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so so that was it. You know, Miguel ended up making it on the Minnesota United NASL uh, representation. There, the one that not everybody got to see very carefully. So Who it didn't? was. It was oh. Miguel. Oh, Miguel did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He got ripped in half. Yep. So, uh, so that's that's what it was about. And that was my feelings about it. And I think that um, from it, you said it was big and it was important. Yeah, we 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 only got one shot at this. We could have been we could have done it simple, and we could have played it safe because it was the first time in the stadium, a lot of unknowns and stuff yeah. like that. And it was that's just never been our style. We've always looked at every boundary that we've had and said, how can we pick that apart? And with this one, we knew how much space do we have. We want to cover every square inch of the fucking thing. Yeah. We were asking for dimensions and looked at blueprints. We had actual blueprints of the stadium so we could understand the angles and the degree, uh, you know, from the point of the hoist in the roof to where we would have to terminate the TIFO. And um, we said we want to cover every square inch and then some. You want to talk about a little bit about, about sort of that part? Like, because you guys had, I think, 
feel like you guys had a, 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 a not insignificant hand in like design like designing like how the rigging system is set up. Like I think this, yeah. I mean we can get we can get into the weeds if people want, but like um, probably people don't want that. But like just give us like a little overview of like yeah, how, I, like how important your like your and, and your team's uh, thoughts about how we how, how you want to do stuff because now we can because now we can do like really cool fucking tifos like yeah. that like that's kind of the whole point is that we can do really cool interesting shit yeah yeah so uh, you know I worked with them on is is more like design is more like requirements what does the end product need to look like we want to be able to do one two and three. Um, and they said, well, we've got X, Y, and Z, and you know, here's the ways that those are compatible, and here's the way that they're not. We said, can we do this? And they said, we can do this. You know? And so it's a little back and forth. It's not like it's not like I was sitting down with a fucking pencil and a blueprint, you know, and a T square. You know, it's not. You're not. Like a, you're not an engineer. No, no. Neil, Neil Logan yeah. is. Neil yes. puts a lot of time into that kind of yeah. shit. But but I am not. So so ultimately, it was through our conversations that they that they ended up having rigging and the kind of rigging that they have and to the widths that they have and the way that they the reason that they installed it into the roof and into the beams and the canopy the way that they did mm-hmm. and stuff um that that was planned alongside them but they deserve the credit they they owned it uh they it the was important to yeah the team okay. the front office yeah. they it meant it meant something to them to get it right we learned a lot of lessons about how that works and how it doesn't work uh you know this last week but um it, it, it's it's cool they they got they have it's 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 military grade like rope and pulley kind of situation it feeds through the rafters and the canopy behind the scoreboard behind a whole bunch of these big thick ass pipes and stuff and then comes back out toward the field toward the stands so yeah. when people are pulling it i know you, the folks listening at home can't see this but people are facing away from the field pulling horizontally rather than pulling vertically yeah. and it's just little things like that that allow us to get a little bit more torque on it yeah. we don't need somebody who weighs 400 pounds to to jump and grab a rope and hoist it down you know <laughs> it's just little design elements like yeah. that that make it a little simpler that's cool so uh, should, should we should we talk about how it fucked up should we just talk about i mean it? if you want to so so if you didn't you're being you, you're being polite about if it. you didn't see the video um so there are there are some videos out there of of showing the tivo if you saw just like some still images it, it looks like it's supposed to look right for the most part um yeah but if you didn't see the videos i encourage you uh bridget mcdowell uh, who was on the host, co-host of the podcast a couple weeks ago? Um, she uh, she posted a video. Yeah, bitch. Um, and Take it, it down. Yeah. And so the the tifo broke, which is your worst nightmare. I literally I've had texts from you saying my worst nightmare, like in the, from basically from every tifo is that this tifo is gonna rip. Yeah, because I'm just a bundle of nerves. Yeah. The and you and time you uh, and you did a you did a trial run and, and it worked, right? Um, we did parts of a trial, parts run. Of a trial you, you, run. You cannot emulate having a thousand people underneath True. something of the immensity that we had. So yeah, so, so we did. We lined it up. We we worked on the hoisting to see how the hoisting would work yeah. and practice with the ropes and stuff. So we did some of that kind of stuff. But it, so what happened? First of all, everyone should know if but you don't know. I'm, I'm going to walk around. What, true, what, what, what went wrong? True to soccer tradition, uh, the tifo broke. All the Minnesota soccer fans fixed it. They they so, figured it out. Yeah, that was the biggest miracle. I don't I don't want to get too in the weeds on, on the details because there's other yeah, stuff about all things we should show. But um, when when different elements of it broke and it wasn't just one. Yeah. They they were just like, all right, this must go here, and they just pulled it back and they pieced it together. And that is so. And we, we talked about this before. We you can barely you can barely tell like if in you the know, still images. If yeah. you know specifically where the where where it's broken, you can kind of tell in, in the still images. But if you if you are looking at just like. Uh, the, the the picture that every single news outlet showed of it, you don't know. You can't tell. Which you is can't amazing. tell. So and that that's like that's the, that. And I yeah, 
I'll let you talk about it, but that's the beauty of of this of the, the it's soccer so, team. It's so Minnesota soccer. And soccer friends that I've yeah. that we've met and we've we've yeah. come to know for the entirety of our time. You know, it's, it's people are just like, you know what? They're like, so, that's that's fucking broke. I need to pull that up. Like that's been Minnesota that, soccer so forever. A great example is like last year for the I think the last Tifo, uh, a thing snapped. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, and I'll never forget me, that. Uh, and instead of like fi- like just being like, oh fuck. I, I literally like, grabbed the TFO. Just started grabbing the fabric itself. I grabbed the itself, fabric yeah. of the TFO and just and put like braced myself against it and pulled. Tried and not looked, to fall and looked away till yeah. I was and put my head down so I wasn't in the shot of the fucking TFO. Yeah, it, it, so, people figured out on the fly. Yeah. That's the only way we've ever been able to do anything. And yeah. this one was huge because I I, I want to make clear to everybody what went wrong here really quick. Yeah, okay? and then yeah. we can stop talking you, about. I'll the give you the floor. Promise, yeah, but um, first of all, uh, we used. Uh, when it came to buying fabric, this is going to be three times bigger than anything we ever bought. And they also increased the price of the fabric that we had been used to buying by about 60%. Jesus. So it went from like 25 bucks to 40 bucks. I don't know. And so that was going, we already killed our budget with the fabric that we bought, but we bought fabric that was about the same price we were paying before. But when we got it, it turned out it was not what we expected. It was much, much lower quality. We knew that as soon as we felt it. And at that time, before you have a thousand gallons of paint on it and a thousand people pulling it, you don't know what that means on game day, but it was a, it was the ultimate case of a sunk cost at that point. We've got it. We can't do any different. We've I've spent every dime we already have, and I haven't even bought paint yet. So we just kind of marched ahead with it, and that we ended up paying for that. So so the ways that it went wrong in game day. First of all, not everybody even knows all the ways it went wrong. <laughs> the very first and most obvious thing: the central banner of the five that laid over the fans ripped in half. And by half, I mean it, this is a 45-foot-wide piece of art that ripped from one end all the way to the other. And not at the seams, like our sewing was bad. It was just the fabric itself just disintegrated. Yeah. And so it's ripped in fucking half now. And so it's, they still hoist it up. And as you've already said, everyone underneath it is like, well, let's keep pulling this broken part. We'll piece them together kind of. And they just held them where they should go. Amazing. They didn't even know what the design How do they know? Yeah. They just fucking figured it out. It was amazing. The... Um, some of the other ways that it went wrong, though, is that people were not starting to deploy it when they should. So the yellow section, which is kind of the the second from the right, that one came way later than any other strikers, section because the I was yeah. yelling up there and and they were just like la 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 la. I'm like, what do you th- what do you think is happening? What are you waiting for? <laughs> and so eventually it came, uh, and and that one started tearing when it got to the bottom too. So they it wasn't an entire like didn't tear in half, but they too ended up figuring out holding it together. One of the sections they passed from the top down, and nobody stopped. It just kept being passed down until it reached the front of the section, and then some which it wasn't supposed to do. It was supposed yeah. to be three four rows back, and some intrepid souls were like, Nah, it shouldn't be here. Bring it back. And so again, a thousand people simultaneously corrected it and pulled it back the other direction the the last major thing that went wrong was the hoisted element was supposed to come after everything else the five layover sections yeah, so deploy you, so, you, so see, you can clearly see the text a storied past yeah see all the pictures yep and then the hoisted part comes up yeah i don't know if our rope people got antsy i don't know what the fuck happened but they started pulling at basically the same time as the 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 layover part started happening so, yeah. so uh, much of the middle part was obscured for part of the time anyways because they started hoisting it early yeah. i'm down there losing losing my shit <laughs> and anyways eventually i give the signal and they actually really start hoisting it and getting it up it got up then the corner started to tear so this thing was never really flat the corners were always a little folded in so the text is uh not illegible you know what it's you know what's going on but it's it's not as clean as we'd like you know um then it's like okay well that's enough of this shit i give the signal to start tearing it down and the minute i give the signal to start tearing it down that hoisted part 
rips from stem to stern, and it just falls on everybody. Just yeah. a just a thousand pounds of fabric falling on top of people. Not much you can do at that point. So I'm telling people that basically the rope pullers are just lowering a gigantic ass PVC pipe that's blowing in the wind at that yeah. point. And then all hell broke loose. I, I, it sounds like hell is broken loose already. Then it really <laughs> broke. Because nobody knew what to do with any of these then. So yeah. they all started passing the entirety of them down toward the front of the section, which was not supposed to happen. So we have this unstoppable river of of TIFO fabric coming in. And, and if you've never been to the front of the section, there's only about five feet between the stands and the ad boards yes and so all, all right, this we fabric were, we were right there like we, we were yeah we, you were we are, we, yeah we were like in the third well, we were right in front of the uh, the tifo section of uh, the the uh the strikers the tifo. strikers part yeah, yeah so we're like so we're that, right there that starts coming down and now there's a bunch of photographers espn has all the recording equipment all these cords and stuff the huge ass boom cameras down there and this wave of fabric and and just clotheslining pvc pipes come rushing at it. we can't stop it and so it all just ends in the front esp nobody was more mad at me than espn everybody else was like hey was that a good tifo did it work the, the deployment seemed odd but i think it came together yeah espn was like fuck you get out of here you're breaking our shit your people can't even walk through here and yeah. I, I just yelled people back, could not walk through there. no no you couldn't walk yeah. like, there were people with with you know five thousand dollar cameras who were tripping all over themselves yeah. and they're yelling at me and I'm, and I'm like i'm yelling i'm not polite about it but i'm like what do you want me to fucking do it's a thousand pounds of fabric. I can't just <laughs> blink it out of existence. And so th that was a very long short story uh, to culminate by saying this. The people who figured it out, who pulled it together, it was, it was a nightmare. I couldn't believe it. I didn't check my phone all day because I was so embarrassed and so afraid. And I, I didn't have a thick enough skin to hear what the internet was going to be joking about. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, we spent the first 30 minutes of the game trying to get that TIFO out of there so that ESPN could have their fucking cameras and stuff. So I missed everything that happened in the first half. Missed all the goals. I, all, I missed all of it. <laughs> and I finally got back and I was so depressed and stuff like that. But you know what? A year from now, 10 years from now, when we're all old and shit, we're going to look back at it. We're going to see those still images. And I think that's what people's memory is yeah. going to be. And I think a lot of people were impressed, including Dr. Bill, uh, the owner of the team who called me on Monday. And I think everyone was, was impressed with the, the sheer audacity of it. Yeah. The, to go into a stadium that we'd never seen before and say, we're going to do the largest panels that have ever been fucking conceived. Yeah. It was I, just and hubris. I, and I would argue, yeah, just like that. I didn't see any anybody... Saying it was all positive. Terrible shit about it, which I guess I don't go on Reddit, so it may be on Reddit. Nobody on Reddit even did. Really? I went, to, I went to MLS shit. Reddit. I, I didn't even stick around <laughs> the team Reddit where people are generally amicable to their own cause. I went to MLS Reddit, and it was it was fine. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think uh, it was and it was great. I just I you know I said I, I only saw you very briefly at this in the stadium after the stadium back over at Blackheart. Yeah. We hugged. And it was. It was a very it was, emotional. It was, like, night. it was a very long hug. It was it was the yeah. longest hug I think we've ever had, and it was it was, I was a wreck. You, just, you did, and then you tickled the ivories on. It was and I played piano as because yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, I took requests later in the night. You were gone by that <laughs> yeah, point, but it, people started taking requests. Yeah, I take it I, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's enough of that. Uh, so what, yeah, talk talk about other Allianz. I've told you how little of Allianz I experienced. Yeah. Based so on that. so you I mean you were basically in Allianz the entire time uh, leading up to I was at I was at Blackheart uh, yeah. for the game and it was packed and literally I just I you know it's, it's one of those experiences of you know it's our first home game so it's, it's great to you see all your friends that you haven't seen in you know however long yeah you know all, but of all, course all it's, winter a, it's an whatever. amazing occasion yeah. anyways 
and you pile and it, a new stadium and it's, pe- on and it's top people of it. that you haven't seen in, in years because they're coming back from uh, wherever yeah. or people that you again like exact like you know people that you know on the internet that you're friends with on Twitter all of a sudden you see them you're, you're like, finally hey, you're meeting that guy or that, or, yeah they come up to you and say hey you know I'm I'm Matthew uh, I'm East Coast Arcos. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah, that's he, awesome. He introduced himself while we were hauling that broken TIFO out of there, and he's like, hey, I'm Matt, Matthew. I'm just wanted you to let. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I, like, if you could fucking disappear right now, along with all these other 25. It was the worst time to introduce yourself. Matthew, yeah. if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I did not have the time of day for you or anybody. I was so come, mad. Come back, come back for another game, Matthew. I'll give and, you a hug, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, it was just so, you know, I, me and uh, Anna and Ragnar walked over to the Blackheart. We hung out there for a, a good good amount of time. Um, just let my kid sort of just wander around the bar with in people's arms and all that. And uh, I, just, I remember seeing a tweet from uh, David Naylor, who's on the uh, Minnesota football podcast or whatever, the zone coverage pod, they, they do a Minnesota uh, United podcast, um, who I've met like, just once before. And... Uh, I saw a tweet from him. He's like, Texas Zeller knows every single person in this bar. <laughs> Probably true, almost. And I was like, and I responded to him. I was like, I actually, I kind of do. And I like literally, like, I couldn't walk more than like five feet without like someone saying, hey, or, That's you cool. know, introducing themselves or, um, you know, just hugging or whatever just, and, and crying. Like, I, I cried multiple times uh, leading up to I the game. I cried after the game. Yeah. When most of the people were gone, <laughs> and Doreen started talking to me, Doreen Doreen headed Tifo she, back before yes. anybody in the stands would have known to stitch the shit together. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, Doreen Doreen is is the reason that, that, that we, I mean the, the sort of the, the genesis of like why Tifo exists in in, in our cult in, in our in, culture. In, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so. so and she you know gave me a lot of advice when I first started doing this and stuff. I didn't even I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know what fabric any of that. And she was really helpful. And she felt terrible for me because she knows the the pressure of all that. And the, the uh, she has like fever dreams about this happening. And uh, she's panics. Even, yeah, she's, yeah. And she's not even and on the Tifo committee. No, no. And so, <laughs> so she saw so. that happen. And when when uh, she and and Eric gave me a hug. Um, I cried, and they were ugly cries. <laughs> it wasn't like the sort of like misty-eyed, like joy, really. You know, yeah. it was like I just embarrassed myself. And remember, I hadn't seen any pictures or videos either. I yeah. knew what it looked like from where I was standing. Okay, <laughs> I didn't look at it at all when I when they were trying to console me. Basically, afterwards, I I ugly cried. Yeah, I got. Ooh. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah. So I mean, just. So that whole experience was was amazing. Um, just the experience of like of yeah, walking in there, watching a soccer game for the first time was absolutely. I mean, you obviously had a lot of other shit going on in your mind. I was yeah, just I, focused on. I missed a lot of the game. Like I, had a, I you know, bringing my three month old, um, who he did really fucking amazing at the game. Um, I'm not sure how many games he's gonna come to generally because you know kind of ruins it for you when you got to manage them you know yeah but we got well, we got built-in babysitters uh, that are like a mile from the stadium so perfect you know that's uh that helps were, were we loud oh we were so insanely loud because like i the i spent one half actually in the wonder wall then but yeah. i couldn't hear us i'm in it you know yeah. so i'm like what does it sound like if i'm over there like yeah. did you get a sense of that at all did other people give you a report on that um everything i've read and i rewatching the game we were we were just we were it was it was as expected in terms of like how loud everybody in the front office has been telling us that this stadium would be good with the Wonderwall and and to not just the Wonderwall's credit but to the entire stadium's credit like everybody 
was getting in on the cheers that they know. It's like the MNUFC chant. Yeah, and yeah. When Black- that one happens, everyone obviously knows it. That is so, such an amazing moment because every black and blue, person in the whole damn yeah, place. Yeah, black and blue were, were super popular. Yeah. Um, the scarf swirling, scarf, everybody's yeah, caught I mean, on with that. It was just, it was, what a cool that was, visual! It was just, it was so, it was yeah. It, just w- rewatching the game, and if you don't, if you have ESPN Plus, you can rewatch the game for free, like, uh, or for, you, you know, if you pay your four ninety nine for it. But um, it was, it was an amazing. It was just, it was, just, it was so goddamn loud. It's so good. Just such a surreal thing, and yeah, the only, only like, you know, the only bad part was that we didn't get three couldn't, points. Couldn't get three. We points. couldn't. We couldn't finish it out. So. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Saturday? I mean, I, then after after the game, obviously we we met up at Blackheart and yeah. we hugged it out like yeah. uh, dude bros, and we did a, a very short, abbreviated uh, podcast that I don't think we'll ever see the light of day. No, you tickled the ivories a little bit and Played some piano, yeah. Yeah. And um, then, uh, the only other thing I'll say is that um, that the folks who uh, came up to me throughout the game, uh, you know, I spent the second half kind of being a social butterfly in the stands and stuff. The people who came up to me in the bar afterwards, um, you guys absolutely saved me on Saturday because I was um, just in despair. I, I, imagine failing at something like that. And remember, I, again, I didn't see any pictures, didn't see any videos. Yeah. I didn't know there was any saving grace. I just thought it was as bad as I saw it. <laughs> and yeah. imagine doing that in front of a million people something of that and something that people depend on so much and put a thousand volunteer hours into i was so despondent and the people who are our supporters supporters of this podcast of this team our friends um did not even give me the chance to be shit that day yeah and uh i holy shit i needed it that's and that's part of like the great thing about i think the soccer community here in minnesota is that i don't think even if it had been intimate. a total fucking failure, no one would have let you know, and it was a total fucking failure. No, no it's um, they would have been it's Minnesota nice. They would have been reaching out. It, I don't. It's not. I don't like the term Minnesota nice because it's. I, don't, I think Minnesota nice is just Minnesota passive aggressive. It's it's, it's, it's actual. That, yeah. uh, it, it's actual people caring about. You know your friends and yeah. the people that you know, and even just that you know tangentially. You know, again, like say <sighs> through the podcast or whatever, and yeah. and you know you did. You did an amazing job. I think everybody, like, just from from the team, like, again, outside of them the, the not winning, like, the team built such an amazing fucking thing. Yeah. That that can, that shouldn't go without stating. Like, it's they they built a an amazing fucking soccer stadium. Yeah. That is gonna, you know, be here for you know twenty plus years. It'll, and be, it's your, gonna, it'll be your kid's memory of growing up watching soccer. Exactly. Like they yeah. he he gets to watch soccer on grass yeah. he's gonna be able to watch like probably myriads of u.s men's national team and u.s women women's national team games yeah. at that stadium like that's a that's fucking amazing my kids will know it as the stadium they don't go to because they don't <laughs> like soccer that's right well you know that's that's on your kids so that's uh we got a game that we got to preview yeah, here. Yeah, We've already uh, been talking for nine hours. Exactly. Uh, let's we'll do a quick uh, forward Madtown bro down. So Madison, uh, forward Madison FC, lost one nothing to North Texas. This is their second one loss of the season. Um, on Saturday, no loons are there. All the loons were actually at the stadium, sort of appreciating the grand opening of the stadium, That's which good. which was good, but also kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't you have your best player like Mason Mason Toy and? Olmsberg or and those guys are getting in Manly are getting starts every game. Why don't you right. have those guys down in, in Texas? I don't know. Um, anyway, they beat Madison, the University of Madison yesterday, two at two zero 
at uh, their their new home, Bree Stevens Field, or their their home, I guess. Um, Hassani Dotson and Abu Dunlady both got minutes. Dunlady scored a goal, the second goal of the game. Uh, Ford Madison plays uh, Orlando City away on Friday, and they have their home opener on the 27th of April. So that's coming up relatively soon. Let's talk about the game coming up. That is on Friday. That is against Toronto FC, uh, who are currently in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have a 3-1-1 one, one record. They have 10 points. They have 14 goals for, eight goals allowed. Who is good on Toronto FC, David Martin? <laughs> so, I mean, um, like, other than a lot of people. They, yeah, they, they, we didn't think they were going to rebound the way that they did no. so far this year. It's a long season, obviously, but yeah. um, they were so bad last year, and they've, yeah. they've figured it out. So, uh, obviously, Josie. They didn't, Jos- have to, they didn't have to play uh, CONCACAF Champions League this year. That, it's, it is a curse. <laughs> it is <laughs> clearly a yeah. curse. Um, so Josie Altador, you know, he's obviously a DP. He's still a great MLS striker. Um, he actually this last week showed some fancy footwork. Um, yeah. It wasn't just about being a hold-up guy, target striker. You know, he he was able to show some fancy footwork too. So, you know, he's he's obviously versatile. Michael Bradley's the other guy you got to mention. He's uh, he's not a destroyer uh, defensive midfielder uh, in the sense Ozzy Alonso is, but he's really really good at distributing out of a, a deep lying holding mm-hmm. midfield role. More of a um, Greg Goosh. Type distributor, more, more like that, yeah. Now, two guys that we we got to talk about now, Nick DeLeon, um, he's been a shot in the arm for this team. He, he can he can play wide, he can go fast if he needs to, stringing down the side, uh, or he can actually dribble in tight spaces too. I mean, he just provides something, especially in the midfield, central midfield, that this team just did not have last year, and he has been a huge shot in the arm. And the last guy that you have to mention is Alejandro Pozuelo. Um, he's their new big DP signing. He was supposed to be the answer to Sebastian Javinko going to fucking Qatar or wherever the hell he is. China. Up. I think he went to China. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, he was their big signing. The early yep. returns look really good on him. He can shoot. He His thing is he can see that dangerous pass. He's not a like-for-like replacement with Javinko. Javinko no. is going to be a goal scorer. Yeah. This is a guy who can see that pass and execute it on a dime. And the early returns have been really good. They, they gave Seattle a run for their money and, the, uh, you know, the rest of the – season that was their first loss that was toronto's yep. first loss on the season was, yep. and you could do a hell of a lot worse than uh giving seattle a run for their money so uh they got a lot of good guys yeah uh, i mean you pretty much nailed it i would just i would add with josie Altidore. he's got five goals already he's only played in four games and he scored in all four games those are a lot of numbers since he came back yeah. yeah um he's uh you know he's missed missed the u.s national, men's national because of injury at the beginning of the season he missed the beginning of the season because of injury um but yeah, four games back in a row, and then you know four. Excuse me, sorry, four goals in a row already. Um, the only one I would also add in there is Lawrence Simon. Uh, has been he's been a sort of a stalwart in uh, the sort of that midfield for Toronto and and other various MLS teams throughout the league. You know he's a steadying presence. Uh, who he's you know he finally got the start this last yeah. week. Uh, start the man. Yeah, your defense is your your biggest liability Which so far. If you're Toronto, in a, yes, in a hot fucking, so fucking starts let's, him on. Let's talk about that quickly. Who sucks? Who sucks on uh, Toronto FC? Well, well, if anybody sucks, is their defense. It, not, yeah. it, it is hard to and talk about. Especially their defensive midfielder. I'll, uh, are you talking about Bradley? Kind of, <laughs> kind of. It's his, 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 he's not a world beater anymore, I don't think. But I think he's still a really good uh, MLS number six. Um, so it, it, it's tough because they actually have had a really good year so far. Uh, I would say Jonathan Osorio, he disappeared during their game against Seattle. He was a ghost. Yeah. Um, they actually benched Alex Bono in uh, goal in favor of uh, Quentin Westberg. So, you know, uh, a little goalkeeping controversy there in, in Toronto. Uh, Quentin 
Quentin has better distribution, I think, than Alex Mono. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, Bono was never, but he, Bono was never known for his distribution. But no shit. Yeah, he's known for his like shot stopping ability. Right. And so, so now we've got to now we've got to start looking. If you're Toronto, you have got to start looking at that and say, what do each of these guys have to offer? You know, can sure. we build from the back better? Is it better to have a stop, stop shot stopper, especially in the case that their defense is not great? Which guess what? Their defense is not great. Finally started Lawrence Simon this weekend, and um, you have to. I, I think yeah. he's got to start at a, at a center back position moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I, w- I would throw in there. Chris Mavinga has been Mavinga, not sure. good. No, um, or if you watch the second, I think it was the second Seattle goal, or yeah, second or third Seattle goal. Chris Mavinga just absolute, and, and Bradley, to, to be fair, absolutely like just flail at Seattle, and you have no idea why they're what they're even the fu- what even the fuck they're doing. So. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a lot of question marks on it. Yeah, where you? Yeah, where obviously where you attack? Uh, Seattle is like through the center, which is not necessarily where we're good at. It's attacking. a pro- it's a problem, you know. I, th- I feel us segueing into the what do you do yeah. uh, sort of content. So so how do, how do you play them? It's tough because our strengths don't play specifically to their weaknesses. Yeah. If their weaknesses are in central midfield, which. I, maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic about their central midfield. Like I said, uh, you know, depending on uh, how you want to play Nick DeLeon, I think that he's obviously good. I, I'm not as cold on Michael Bradley as I think you may be. Uh, so depends on how you view their their midfield. But what what I would say is that I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw some hot numbers at you. Okay, are you ready for this? Right, Open your mouth. Get ready for him. I'm gonna put him in there. Minnesota leads the league in opponent crosses per game. Yeah, I saw that. On, on, on average per game, nobody's nobody's forcing them into more cross than anybody else. How Minnesota also leads the league in opponent short passes per game. It's not like they're just spraying long balls up the flank and praying. Just a weird. It, it is build up. That's a weird stat. Yeah, it's, it's, they're weird stats to to happen to be, alongside yeah, each both, other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they almost lead the league in that second in that, and they're basically middling on opponent long balls per game. So they, that all paints a picture of other teams building in possession, not in transition, but in possession up our flanks, which is not utterly surprising because no. what it says about our defense in our, our central midfield is that we, we play a tight, low block. Yeah. We seed those wings. And, of course, we also play our fullbacks as, like, wingbacks. Yeah, so we play so them especially, high, yeah especially Cabo. We leave space, yep. right? Yep. So, so that makes a ton of sense that it would come out that way. So what does that mean for how we should play them? A couple of things. First of all, I'd like to see Romario Ibarra up top. He's not a wingback. Calvo's a defensive liability. I want to see Romario Ibarra playing up top. I'm done. I'm done with Rodriguez for now. It could be a great, great dude off the bench. Okay, if Miguel Ibarra is available, I'd like to see him be the one who moves to the left because he can provide that sort of wing back type of ability. He can cover for Calvo if Calvo is going to be the guy playing. At if Ibarra doesn't play, then it's a new question. But long term, I think that's what I'd like to see there. Um, Plus, you also then are able to play Miguel Ibarra without mixing up some of the Finley and Metanier magic that's happening yeah. on the right side. I, I'm so, just going to say, I don't think Ibarra is going to be available for the game. I don't think so either. This is long-term prognostication. Okay? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we're talking if, about this game. I'm getting there. I'm just, okay. this, is, I, right. this is a build. Okay. okay. If Miguel can't build, build play, up. here's what I want to see. Okay. You're gonna, I, you, I'm going to wait till you're done drinking because you're going to spit it out. I would like to see Rasmus Schuler play the same sort of um, – quasi left wing role that he played in our opener against the Caps okay he can be more of a disruptive defensive presence than anybody else that we've got that can play the left side at that point assuming Miguel can't I think he can clean up for some of Calvo's shit um remember he didn't play a true winger position there he wasn't pushing up high he played a lot deeper he was almost just like a very very wide number eight 
Okay. I think that could allow us to protect that side a little bit more and free up Calvo and make, not even free him up, but but reduce his liability there. Sure, yeah. And what no, we have to do then is really focus on our right side because if Toronto has a weakness in the central midfield, it's going to be left-sided. If their defense, their left back is shit, okay? That's true. Let's build up the right. Let's build up our right. Build it up, build it up, and then bring it center. Not through crosses. We're terrible on crosses. But you get to the top of the box height about you start to work it back through some play i don't want to see us hitting crosses we're terrible at it but if you can do the build up not in transition but in possession up our right side you're going to have some opportunities and that could be right. a, a method for a lot of success for a long time not just toronto yeah no that, that makes Is that a long enough <laughs> i felt like you wanted me either to stop or to get to the point or I, I to stop you talking point, about miguel ibarra yeah, yeah that's the plan yeah okay it's it's perfect it works am i wrong no, that do you want us to see to see us focus more centrally on this? No, 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 no absolutely. We absolutely need to focus on on Metnair and Finlay on, on the right hand side, or it's Metnair and F uh, Molino. Right. But clearly, like I don't think Finlay has anything to lose his job right now. So yes, we absolutely need to focus on the right hand side. And yeah. I do, I really do, actually. Obviously, since Miguel Ibarra is not going to be available um, this game, I, I assume we we assume yeah on on Wednesday. Um, that he won't be available for this game. I think having like, bringing in Schuler to do that, uh, do that role of, of asking him to focus more back on, or focus more on tracking back and letting Calvo get forward, mm -hmm. covering him defensively. Uh, I 100% agree with you on Romario Barra. Rodriguez is, you know, but I, I just I just guess I don't see why why uh, Heath would take Rodriguez out, especially after he scored a goal. Like, that just well, seems... Well, you and me both know that Rodriguez bonkers. didn't have, like, a shining game. Oh, no. No, you're, you're right. But, but, is, but he, is this what he, I would do, or is he, it what we think he, Heath will do? He hasn't had a shining game for the last, like, three games, even though he scored a couple goals. It just right. he keeps getting played. I think well, the, Adrian is, Heath is a striker. I think all he cares about is people who score goals, and so he just assumes that right. since I, he's scoring goals... He's gonna what, uh, keep the, scoring goals. I don't. I don't know. Oh, no, I get it. Like, but but what's the what's the question? Are we uh, are we asking what we think Heath will do or what we would do? I'm telling you what, what I would do. I get it. He's he's got a couple. No, of I goals. agree. That's no, fine. I think th those are those but, are maybe different questions. So maybe we should, like, you know, Ribara uh, obviously did not have the goal in this last game, yeah. but he had a goal. The you know the prior game. You could be asking the same kinds of questions. I, I guess the other. I mean, the other question is is is, is there a, a potential three four three that we could play? Uh, in that this the, that three four three worked uh, on the road against the Red Bulls. Uh, Toronto is a, uh, a sort of a, a attacking team. Is there is there a, a version with without Ikapara where that w would work in three four three? I I mean the only thing I can think of would be that sort of Olmsberg slips in there um, and we play a sort of similar three four three with potentially uh, who's the right sided attacker then. Finley? Either Finley or uh, Ribara. Move Ribara, Ribara to Ribara, the right. Romario, Rimar yeah. Or you move, or you sort of have a Darwin, or sorry, uh, sorry uh, left to right, um, Romario, Quintero, Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't know. I, we Obviously, we had success against New York, but I'm trying to think also against how Toronto is going to show up here. And yeah. I, I feel like you still leave our flank on the left too exposed because you've got Calvo basically being the one who plays that wingback type in the four-man four midfield yep. on the left. Yep. And uh, I, I think that leaves 
too much defensive responsibility on his shoulders. I, I think you need somebody who can help clean up. And I don't think that it's the person who plays the second person from the left in the 3-4-3. It's not all symmetrical. That's actually either it's going to be Gregish running all over or it's going to be Alonso running I mean, all over. That, that, that would be, I mean, that would be the thing though you would to sort of like Frankenstein what you have suggested would be to like Schuler. So it'd be, it'd be uh, Calvo Schuler, uh, Gregush Alonso. Or Alonzo Gregush, where you will sort of allow, you basically tell Schuler you say you're staying home at the, on the left hand side, and you sort of let Gregush Alonzo to. Yeah, but you, now you have a five man midfield. You're talking about a three five two now, because you still got to have a wing back on the right. Oh, run out right, of space for yeah. that person. So, so yeah, maybe it's maybe it's more of a three five two, which which the team has done in the past. We have, yeah, yeah, and and it has worked and it has worked. It, it seems team. like the kind of formation. And again, I get that they're, it's not like a symmetrical like here's three guys perfectly centered and here's five guys perfectly yeah. centered. You know, they they it, 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 there's tactics behind the formation, sure. but yeah. I I think that that's a, a guaranteed formation that puts us running up the flanks and then putting in crosses because I yeah. don't think the right people are Which in is, the right places we're not good at to, that. To, to bring the ball back and center through possession. I don't, I don't think you've got the right people there then. It's basically it's basically Rodriguez and Darwin up top. Darwin I trust more with that, but Darwin's successes are not when he has to dribble in tight. So Darwin can dribble in tight places, Yeah, maybe better than most of the people on our team, but you're not utilizing him to his best no. skill. It's when it's when he can do something clever and he needs to be put in a position to score goals and not bring the ball to center. Yeah. So um, put the man in a position to score goals. Hell, if you played Rodriguez behind Quintero, I think that would be a really interesting experiment. So 4-2-3-1 with Rodriguez and then Quintero up top. Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that agnostic of formations. I, I, I don't know how what formation they would fit best in. I just think it would be really interesting if because, you know, obviously Rodriguez does a little bit more hold-up kind of stuff. Um, what if you played more of a hold-up guy underneath instead of as a top of the attack who has to knock the ball down and wait for dudes? Yeah, I, ta- well, I talked about this on the last podcast is that um, the, the problem with Rodriguez is that in spite of him being uh, a generally good, big guy, he gets bullied off the ball way too much. It's for a dude his size. And yeah. he the game in two, week, two games ago um, against the Red Bulls, when most of the balls he was receiving to hold up were in in or near the 18-yard box, he didn't get bullied as much because I think players were, were worried about fouls and 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 you know giving giving up possession or sure. or getting a, a yellow card and, and giving up a penalty kick. Uh, when he when Rodriguez has to receive the ball at midfield, they're not worried about They'll Minnesota United give him some trouble. Yeah, they're not worried about like giving up giving away a foul. Yeah. Um, and giving up a free kick because this team is not has not shown an ability to do good stuff with free kicks. Imagine, yeah, going back all the way to the beginning of the podcast. Weird, we like to keep things circular. Weirdly here. enough, so so the, the only so when he like, when he was good is when he was receiving the ball at or you know near the in or near the eighteen yard box. So, I mean that that gives us a, a, a reason like why do we have Rodriguez on this team? But anyways, um. We've talked a little bit, way too much about how we should play them. Who's <laughs> gonna win? Uh, I have a Toronto two-one uh, victory. I feel, I feel so sad. I that was exactly the scoreline that I had. Yeah. I'm so sorry, listeners. Yeah. I want to be better. But <laughs> we are. I'm not. We're, we, we are the raging id, but we're also the uh, generally. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. I had Toronto three to two. Three to two. Okay. We got two goals in us. Oh, two goals. Holy we got shit. two goals All in right. us, but uh, and they they got a shitty defense. Toronto has a shitty defense. They do. But, that is um, true. But also we have our defense. We as also well. have, we also have a shitty defense. Yeah. So, 
Uh, last week's scores. So we have a, a few games. Uh, Chicago Fire beat Vancouver Whitecaps one to one. Or sorry, Tied. beat the Vikings. I mean, they they really beat them one to one because it's a yes. A if the scoreboard draw. had pictures on it, yeah. Uh, Montreal Impact beat Columbus Crew one to nothing. Surprising. Yeah, the Houston Dynamo, who are one of the hottest teams in MLS, beat uh, San Jose two to one. San Jose is not a great team. But no, but the Houston Houston's had a little bit of a light schedule, but they're Shield contenders so far. Yeah. As we mentioned before, Seattle Sounders beat Toronto FC three to two. Uh, that was that was probably the best game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, outside, it was outside high the, scoring like ours. Yeah, except there was actually good quality yeah, soccer. Good happening. playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said Minnesota United and NYCFC drew three three. Uh, Atlanta United finally got a win, beat New England Revolution two nothing. Frank DeBurs, uh first win since 2016, 2016 in league play. In league play. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, uh, FC Dallas beat the Portland Timbers two to one. God, the Portland Timbers are. They make they make Toronto's fall from grace last year look modest I get that Portland's playing all these games on the road and stuff but this is unholy yeah it's not good sprinkle some fucking blessed water on these guys it is not good uh, DC United beat Colorado 3-2 Colorado continues to like make these cr- crazy games happen I don't understand how they're doing it but they're fun and terrible yeah they give up a lot of re- uh, really terrible goals uh, RSL beat Orlando City 2-1 uh, LAFC beats FC Cincinnati two nothing. Uh, LAFC is they're really fucking good. They're Toronto two years ago. Level yeah, good. they're really they're really fucking good. Uh, LA Galaxy uh, team we're playing in a, in a literally a week from today uh, beat Philadelphia Union two nothing. Two Zlatan goals, two absolute bangers of goals from him. Zlatan's up to six goals, one assist in four games. Yeah, he scored in five straight games. I think is, is the uh, the set I saw. God in heaven. Yeah. And then uh, on Sunday, Sporting Kansas City, Red Bulls tied 2-2. Uh, Kaku uh, shot a ball oh into God. the stands. He got frustrated. Yeah, he got He fr- ran to the ball, which was already on the touchline. Yeah, 93rd minute yeah, or whatever. Kicked it as hard as he could. Straight into And it hit a fan that was five feet away. Yeah, straight into the first row of the stands. It was... It's not good. He got. He's been suspended for I think at least two games, maybe even more. Should be more. Yeah. He, he, the he fuck got, is the matter? He with got him? a straight red card. Uh, so obviously that's that's at least one game, and I'm pretty sure he got three games off of that. You know, he needed to have his around. ass kicked. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, sorry. We have uh, picks for the upcoming week. You should have gone to fucking jail. If I just did that to you right now, if I just kicked you with a ball as hard as he, it's assault. There's so there's been uh, in in hockey. There's actually been. Uh, players who have been uh, sued civilly for doing shit like that to right. other the, players. The, this, yeah, this is not this left the sport. This yeah. is now a person vandalizing another person. Yeah. Jesus Anyways, alright, so uh, upcoming week's picks, we have a, there's a game actually happening right now as we're talking. We, we haven't watched it. We haven't watched it. it. I have a LAFC beating Vancouver 4-1 to in Vancouver. What do I've, you got? I've got 3 to nothing uh, okay. LA win. Right. But the, the purity of our call, I don't want it to be questioned. Exactly. Yeah, we we have yeah we have not we're watching that Twins game actually, so uh, also three to one. Fr- yeah, Friday games, uh, FCC uh, RSL. I have a one nothing victory for FCC. Exactly my score. FCC oh, is right going right. to censor RSL one to nothing. There you go. You just make those jokes all. Uh, I'm going to make the same joke every week? every yeah. fucking week all, all right. year. Uh, we already picked uh, Toronto and Minnesota. I have a two one. Uh, you had three two to yep. Toronto. Uh, also on Friday, LA Galaxy versus Houston Dynamo. I have a 2-1 Galaxy win, even though Dynamo are playing hot. These are two really hot teams. I got a 2-1 Houston win because okay. Houston is just real damn good right now. Okay. Too, I think too much with LA hinges on how is a lot of time. He has one bad game. I think they're half as good. I mean, That's it's fair. Too much. That's fair. Yep. 
which it's good we have them coming into town in in, in a week. Um, I, hope, I hope he breaks his ankles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I really don't. I really kind of I kind of do though. <laughs> um, all right, Chicago versus Colorado. I have a three three draw in Chicago because <laughs> it's fucking Colorado. I have a two two draw, dude. We <laughs> it's fucking groupthink at this point. We need we need we need to break it up. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia hosts the Montreal Impact. I have a four-two Philadelphia win. Wow, I have a one-nothing Philadelphia. Okay, win. okay, maybe Philadelphia not. Philadelphia scores some goals. I guess. All right, uh, Orlando City hosts Vancouver. Vancouver is really fucking terrible, and I have a three-nothing Orlando City win. Two to one Orlando City. I'm still not sold on Orlando City, but yeah, Vancouver serious rebuild right yeah. now. Uh, Atlanta United hosts FC Dallas. I have a two-two draw in Atlanta. One-one draw. They'll be okay. happy Jesus, for the points. Man. Uh, New England hosts the Red Bulls. I have a 0-0 draw in in, uh, in New England. These are teams that are not playing well right now. No, they're but, not. But that said, let's Kaku's not. Kaku's out. Oh, oh no. Uh, let, he's but been, the, the, Red he's Bulls, been the engine for that man. So. The Red Bulls are not anywhere near New England territory right now. I've got Red Bulls 3, New England 1. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Uh, I think they're better with Kaka out of there. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Columbus hosts Portland. Portland has been absolutely god-awful, dreadful. I have a 3-1, and Columbus is actually leading the Eastern Conference. I have a 3-1 Columbus win. Can we just say, this is the return of Caleb Porter. Yeah. Can we just, I mean, it's not the good. return because they're visiting Columbus, yeah. but can we just say that Caleb Porter will have a big fucking smirk on his face the whole time? Uh, that's gonna, I think so, yeah. going to be 2 to nothing Columbus. I think Jesse's artist gets a couple goals, and he just he's smirking. He's got a shit-eating grin the entire game. He's eating shit. He's eating fucking human feces. Yeah. With uh, his grin. Speaking of people eating feces, San Jose uh, hosts Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I got a Sporting Kansas City who are behind Minnesota United in the playoff, in the standings right now. I have them beating San Jose 3-1, to one, though. So Sporks win 2 to nothing yeah. against San Jose. Uh, DC United, who got uh, absolutely shellacked by LAFC. Yeah, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. DC United was, At like, home. was like shield contender, and then they got a 4 to nothing. A colon cleansing from the fucking oh yeah. my god LAFC uh, is good LAFC is very good and as hosting NYCFC who has not won a game yet I don't think they're gonna win this game I think they uh it's a 3-1 DC United win I got a uh, two to nothing DC United I tried to start a chant against NYCFC for Moderita wasting away again in Moderitaville <laughs> searching for my lost shakers and goals We'll have to work yeah, on. We'll, we'll, we'll fine tune it. Yeah, yep. We we'll, we have about another year to till we play till we again. see them again. Yeah. yeah okay. uh, and then finally, LAFC uh, hosts the Seattle Sounders in a battle of unbeaten's. I think both these teams lose, like, leave the stadium unbeaten. Three three draw. LAFC one to nothing. Okay. Some people say that David V is to blame, <laughs> but I know. It's my own damn fault. That's like that's, that's actually, not too bad. That's yeah. actually really fucking good. Uh, all right, um, we have so many questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do questions. Uh, so yeah, we should hit up uh, Taylor uh, and give him that uh, those lyrics to the the NYCFC chant. All right. Uh, so Rodrigo asks, uh, so where do you play Calvo? This is a good question. On the bench. Um, yeah. Short of playing him on the bench, you play him as a, a, a wing back. You play him as a wing back. Uh, you, or with a four-man back line with help. Yeah. And you hope that he has a really good goal cup and you can sell him for a shit ton of money, basically. That's that's the real answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Charles asks, I'm coming to town with my girlfriend for the Columbus game. What are some places we have to eat in the area? What's something my you'd ass. recommend to do that most people forget about? What are some cool neighborhoods to walk around in? So let's He's get like, serious questions. Yeah. So... Uh, 
places what? to eat in the area. If you are if you are hanging out in the Midway, Fasica. Fasica is an amazing restaurant. Uh, owns Thai. If you like Thai food, um, I, I live in the area, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I no, you answer. Why yeah. the fuck would I answer? Owns Thai is. We got a good Chili's down in Lakeville. Yeah, if you abs- ab- owns Thai is absolutely amazing. Um, if you uh, if you can get in. If you like Juicy Lucy's, which are garbage food as far as I'm concerned, yep. Blue Door has a really good Juicy Lucy. They also have really good other food, including uh, really good wings. Uh, Blue Door has, uh, like, they their wings are super, like, super like, under, like, undervalued in terms of, like, good food on their menu. Agreed. They also have 10 tables, so yeah. get, get there early. Yeah. They also have really good tater tots as well. So those would be the places I would, uh, I would check out if you're staying near the stadium, if you're staying... Uh, anywhere else, uh, Alex Schieferdecker wrote a really good post on if you're visiting do, yeah. on fifty five one. If you're visiting the the Twin Cities, about like you know places and, and places to eat. Um, something you recommend to do that most people forget about Minnehaha Falls. Oh, that's true. That's Honestly, good like one. no yeah. one, everybody beautiful. And there's a really awesome restaurant there called Sea Salt Eatery. If you like seafood, Sea Salt Eatery, amazing food as well, and oh, they have God. really good beers on tap. Um, and it's just it's just a really fun. Cool that's place. The right, that's the right, right answer. Yeah, right on the border of Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's just across, just across the border. You can take the A line there, basically. So you don't even have to have a car to get there. Um, and then uh, what's the last thing? Some cool neighborhoods to walk around. Uh, cool really like really around. great walking neighborhoods. It's yeah, not, I mean, we don't have a lot of communities quite like that. But I guess the, the sort of where the Minnehaha Falls is, like, there's some really cool like trails along there. Sure. Um, if you're South Minneapolis. Um, if you are Prospect Park, uh, if you are like on the Green Line somewhere, like Prospect Park is really cool because there's some really, really cool old ass houses uh, that are just that are just really cool looking. So you can like sort of meander around Prospect Park and then you can head down to the river yeah. and walk along the river, like and then come back and you actually go like over to the University of Minnesota area, Stadium Village, yeah. grab a beer and then come sort of come back through like. The, the university area. So I'd those say C- Cedar Riverside is kind of cool. There's, there's so many different things happening there. Yeah. Uh, so many different kinds of restaurants. The smells on that street That's true, yeah. are fucking beautiful if you like East African food. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next? Uh, Graham asks, is there something I'm missing about Kavo that makes him a good captain? Who no. would you choose to replace him as captain? So... Um, well, we, so so we don't get to see all their practices. We don't, we don't yeah. see all that kind of shit. So maybe he's doing or saying stuff in private that makes him a good leader. I have no idea. I think he's overvalued by the staff. Uh, I think some of the weird shit that he has said to the media just puts a weird taste in everybody's mouth. Obviously, it doesn't have to be what what he says to us is not what makes him a good captain or not a good captain. No. But I, what I am saying is that if he's anything like that in a clubhouse as he is with his public facing persona, yeah. he's probably not helping anything. His no. play certainly isn't helping. I don't know. I have no fucking answer. Um, I mean, he was he, he, the reason he's the captain is because he was chosen by Heath, and Heath is a stubborn motherfucker. So yeah. that's the reason he's the captain. That's Heath the reason him. he's that's a good it. he's a good captain according to Heath. Uh, he's good looking. He is. He's a very attractive man. I'm not gonna maybe I'll give him it. that. I'll, it will absolutely, hundred percent, give him that. Um, who would you choose to replace him as captain? I mean, obviously, Alonzo or Apara in a heartbeat. Yeah, you v- vet- veterans. Yeah. Proven leaders, uh, Which, obviously new to the team, but uh, I would ass- I would assume. I mean, Boxel was the captain when he left uh, for international duty last year. I would assume that Alonzo or Apar are going to be the captains when he goes away for Girl Cup uh, for Gold Cup. Yeah, probably. But I mean, it w- it, honestly, with Heath, it wouldn't surprise me if Boxel was the fucking captain. And then yeah. Coleman took the armband when Boxel couldn't do it. So thank God. 
I think Keith really he Heath really truly wants his defender like a defender to be the captain. And I don't understand. I guess I don't I don't get that. I don't understand why that is is the way it is. But I think he wants a central defender to be the captain. So Heath sucks. He does. Uh, Jesse asks, who would win in a foot race, Angelo Rodriguez or a loon walking on land? That's a good question, Jesse. Uh, Another good question is, who would knock whom down in that if they fair. bumped up against each other? Um, I mean, clearly a loon walking on land. The question is, is who would win in a foot race between me, you, and Angelo Rodriguez? <laughs> Are you saying a loon walking on land is faster than all of us? Yes, probably. I, uh, how about this? Angelo Rodriguez would win. Would win the race. The loon the would loon. be. The loon would be more likely to put the ball in the net at the end of the race. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. Uh, Tim McLaughlin asks, uh, "Put yourself in the position of coach." We do. Call yourself Dave, Adri- Dave Adrian Heath if you must. Dave uh, Adrian Heath. How do you manage minutes over the ten-day three-match period? Uh, we had a couple of uh, comments on this. Doreen asked, "Please call yourself Dave." Dave Adrian in the for the entire pod. Sorry, it's too late. Yeah, and then Eric asks, I feel there's a Branch Davidian joke to be made here, but I can't quite find it. Branch Davidian joke? That's yeah. actually pretty good. I'll have um, a Branch Davidian joke by the end of the podcast. Yeah. That I promise. So put yourself in the position, Coach. Call yourself Dave Adrian Heath if you must. How do you manage minutes over the 10-day, three-match period? I think uh, clearly... Give Dunlady time. Dunlady time. Uh, Almsberg time. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially with uh, some of the injuries that we're potentially seeing. Potentially Hassani Dotson get some time. I mean, both Dunlady and Dotson, I think, played uh, the full game uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. So they're they're not gonna they're not gonna figure in the game on Friday. Uh, yeah. Friday, but they definitely the probably game. will figure in the game on Wednesday. You know, Dotson. I'd, I'd be curious what Dotson. Will look, you know, I mentioned Schuler playing that sort of like yeah, he's on the left side, but not really a winger. He's still he's more like a really left sided number eight. Yeah. What would Dotson look like doing that? That's a good possibility. That'd be, I mean, yeah, let's we find we, out. We do have Leap and Larry Olam. Uh, I, for, I forgot. He fucking Yeah, and, and Eric Miller, uh, who both those guys didn't see the field on, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, if Col- so, Calvo's tired, good Lord put Eric Miller out yeah, there. So there's, he, he can get forward, too. There's definitely, like, more than any other time in the our Minnesota or MLS history, we have some people who actually, like, step in and comparably play the position yeah. from the person they're taking it over from. Right, uh, I think I mean, so. We're not elite, but no. uh, and theori- I, Dunlady's looked pretty good when he's gotten some minutes here. Yeah, right? yeah. And we're not gonna we're not gonna have a bar. I mean, you, again with our with our uh, loan agreement, we can always pull back Toy if we need to, if we need Toy to play in uh, ten days. Um, that makes sense. We could pull him for from Madison for a game. So I think there's I think there's ways to do it. Uh, Doreen asks, since two trumpeter swans sound like five vuvuzelas, which men's World Cup match would the Wonderwall sound like if we gave every supporter a ticket to a swan? Uh, if I'm doing my math correctly, there are 2,900 supporters that would, I guess, divide it. 1,900. No, 2,900 can fit in the Wonderwall. Oh. oh, yeah, sure, yeah. You divide that in half, it's about 1,500. Sure, you multiply yeah. that by five, and it's what? It would basically sound like 10,000 Vuvuzelas. Yeah. Was, I think this was a math joke. Yeah. Thanks, Doreen. But she asked which men's World Cup match would, would the Wonderwall sound like if we oh. gave every sport ticket to the sun. I would, it would sound like every I annoying mean, fucking game from USA v, v Mexico in the final? I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> it, would, it would sound like South Africa v Ghana 
in a quarterfinal yeah, in fair. South Africa. That's all. All right. Uh, Nick, Nick asks, I was so busy enjoying the stadium, I didn't do much soccer watching. I got the impression it was a sloppy mess. <laughs> Were you disappointed in the game or did the stadium outshine the on-field performance? That first goal was sick, though. Well, so, yes, the stadium outshined the performance. Absolutely. There's no doubt 100%, about it. yeah. I don't give a shit about a 3-3 draw. I, I wish we had three points. That's all I can say. The yeah. stadium was remarkable. I mean, Adrian Heath had a had a really great quote that basically said was like, "If you would have given us four points from the first from the Red Bull game and the home opener, we would have taken that in a heartbeat." And like, yeah. I kind of I kind of agree with him, right? Like, it, it went in the opposite direction of what I thought it would go, yeah. or like what I really truly hoped it would go. Yeah. But yeah, yes. Next long year, season. Answer your question. Um, yes, maybe may we, may we rue these points uh, when we're fighting for a uh, home playoff berth, hopefully in the playoffs. Yes, yeah. but. It was a weird yes. day. I was disappointed in the game. The stadium did definitely like and all like not just the stadium specifically itself, but all the people. Yeah. Like that really just made it. it made it amazing. So yeah. yeah. Uh Andy, our friend LaCribs, asks, off the field, what was your most what the fuck moment on Saturday? I think he specifically moments, wanted to go. I think he Saturday. specifically wanted to goad me about the TIFO. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, it was obviously the TIFO yeah. and You for you. Yeah, yeah, for, for me. You. Yeah, you yeah. answer your your thing. I will, yeah. Oh, uh, so we were trying. We were trying to do a podcast after oh, yeah, the game that, with the, yeah. the soccer hooligans, who are super good, super fun, awesome dudes uh, from New York, uh, comedians who have a really awesome podcast. Um, and there was technical issues. There was uh, people being drunk issues. There was no one really wanted. listened. No one really wanted to host issues. No, yeah, no one listening issues. So yeah, so that for me that was like my. I, the reason I started playing piano as a backdrop for that was I thought it might p- make people listen. Yeah, like, and like it, they'd be like, "Oh, something's happening." I it clearly did not. No. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. That's that's fine. Um, I'm glad you had to play the piano though. Like, clearly that helped you process my process emotions, your yeah. entire emotions. So, um, all right, David, not me. Asks, we have three games coming up quick. Which players would you rotate in, and would you do? Oh yeah. So that was we answered that. We answered that question. Sorry, David. Sorry, David. Uh, Kyle asks, Heath leaves tomorrow. Take over for Pep at Man City. Who do you hire tomorrow? Pep. I, I would say yes, Pep. <laughs> is that a trick question? You Pep. Just, you would hire Pep Guardiola. Yeah. If if, if assuming that Pep Guardiola is not an option, <laughs> is there another is there another coach out there that is uh, primed for a little more attention? I you know, MLS is such a weird animal in terms of coaching opportunities. It's very incestuous. You know, what's well, not even incestuous? It's, it's just around. it's such a different. So I mean, we we see what happens with like Matias Almeida, where right like he's he's a like, demonstrably a really good coach yeah. knows how to play a system. But Coaching in MLS is a different. But beast. he's constrained by MLS, right? Mm, he's no. constrained. So like, I mean, it'd be, it would be really fucking interesting if Pep came to MLS to see if yeah, he what, could. What would he do if with he these could constraints? Coach in the constraints of yeah. the MLS system. What if he right? didn't have an ownership that just bought every player under the that sun he, wanted. he could ever want? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm actually I would I would be curious about whether Pep would he could be able suck. to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think he was. He would win, right? Like, I think he. I think he would have some issues and some difficulties. Might be um, right. I mean, in terms of coaches at MLS, uh, I mean, right now Gio Savarisi is feeling some difficulties with Portland, but I think yeah. it's also partly because they've been on the road. Yeah. If he and became available, it'd be. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you mean? Do you have anybody else? No, no, I, I, I honestly don't. But I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You need somebody who knows how to coach an MLS. So you can't bring in. Uh, and I guess there are exceptions. You know, you could look, you could look at a, um, um, uh, uh, 
who the fuck coached Atlanta last year? Tata Martino. Yeah. You know, he obviously had instant success, but that was because he had a team that was set to succeed and they paid out the ass for it, yeah. you know? So do you have a coach that can succeed with limited means, who knows how to manage the travel, expectations of MLS, the parody? Also the seen with, with, with Atlanta, Frank DeBoer, like, kind of fucking that shit up. Yeah, he's Pretty, another great example yeah. of that. It doesn't so. translate to MLS automatically, yeah. you know? Yeah, I guess there's not a uh, there's not an international coach I would really really seek out right but away. Pep Guardiola, you other than Pep Guardiola, I mean you got to obviously. Yeah, or you know Jurgen Klopp came available. But if you ha- if, yeah. if Pep was like, hey, I joined, and you're like, well, you don't really know MLS. Yeah, you you would be the dumbest of person. Well, I mean, this is is funny because there's also rumors of Thierry Henry is gonna come in and take over For Red Bulls. Bulls. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I wouldn't take him not after what he did in fucking Monaco. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Colin uh, asks, what would be a better use of Tam? Buying down Angelo to get a new DP or decent Tifo fabric? This is, uh, sorry, this is a shot at you. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly <laughs> buying down uh, Angelo to get a, another DP. But yeah, yeah. Can you make yeah. the argument that uh, using DP money to, or using Tam money to get Tifo fabric would be a good idea? I feel like we could. I feel like Tifo will find a way. We always have found a way. We've always battled every constraint you, we've you ever had, had. You guys have. It, that's and, fucking, uh, it's fucking amazing. We'll find a way. So you know what? Give the team some on-field success. It'll be worth it. Okay. All right. Um, anything else, David? That's 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 all our that's all our questions. I. Or we. Well, fuck, I, man. I love this all you guys. This is gonna be a short one. I thought, and no, it turned into man. a long one. I'm. I'm. Uh. Uh. At a really tough weekend, and uh, I've I've never been more proud to have the friends I call friends and the the community that I belong to. It made um, what was potentially a, 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 the most embarrassing moment of my life. Uh, <laughs> spun it on its head turned it positive and it was very yeah. minnesota soccer not just in the fact that they pulled the torn fabric together and did all this kind of stuff but that they torn the, they, they picked up the torn little pieces of me and lifted me up and carried me over the next barbed wire fence it was an amazing weekend and so if you're listening to this then uh you deserve some thanks yeah thank yeah thank you to everybody uh who came out and and you know or who has who has come out who has done tifo Who's who's listening to this podcast? Download, share it with their friends. Yeah. Um, everybody who is has sort of been evangelical soccer fanatics for the last three plus years yeah. that we've been doing this thing. We've been doing this thing for we're at episode nine. This is episode ninety one. We're getting close to episode oh one hundred, man. It's hard to believe. We're getting really fucking close. And uh, the fact that ev- you guys the, keep listening and uh, and donating on the, via the Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Davis. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it, it, it means it means the world to us. You have no idea how much it means to us. Uh, if you have any issues or questions or whatever, you can hit us up at TDIKMN. You can find <laughs> me at Texas L, or you can find Martin at Offensive Loons. Martin, take us out. I, if you have if you have questions or concerns, stick them in our email inbox. That's or, that's yeah. where we take the concerns. The days I know I'm at, at gmail.com If you have if you have concerns or questions, that's the suggestion. That box. don't need yeah immediate responses. <laughs> yes, then days I know I'm at, at gmail.com Otherwise, you know you hit us up on that Twitter feed. Hey, we're the Daves. You know this is the raging id of the fan base. <laughs> Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. We can't stop it at all. Y'all know we can't stop it at all.